Hi everyone, good afternoon and good morning, depending on where you're joining us. My name is Eugenia Prattley and I'm one of the key members of the HSBC Raw team and I am absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Shraddha Sharma, the founder of Your Story. It is the biggest, the most important, the influential news, media and events and networking site for startups in India. Today's session is really all about accelerating and the genesis behind this topic is that, and you will know this better as founders, is that you go from being a founder suddenly to becoming a CEO. And that headspace change, having to delegate, having to entrust others with the roles and the responsibilities you formally have to hold, it can be a bit difficult. And so we're really thrilled to have Shraddha here to share her experience as a founder, as someone who has built a business from a, an idea that nobody really heard of until to something that was absolutely enormous and now leading the way um, and really shaping the startup industry in India. So Shraddha, we'll get started. I think we've probably got enough people on the line now, so we can probably kick off formally if you like. But my first sort of thing to you is welcome and how are you? Eugenia, thank you so much for having me here and I'm excited to be talking to all of you and your audience. And for the warm introduction, I am in Kashmir here in India, excited to be uh, talking to all the women who are joining the program today. Thank you so much. And we're so lucky because Shrida's actually about to take a break. So we've got her just before she, she logs off and goes and takes a very well-earned rest. We built HSBC Raw and we really looked through some of the growth pains of the parts of becoming an, a founder and entrepreneur and really growing your business. So perhaps you can come across points of friction or real challenges in that space. And the last session we had with Rachel Lim, the co-founder of Love Benito, and we talked through challenges of having to try to sell your business and try to sell an idea that people perhaps hadn't heard of before, something really unique. You've gone through a very similar journey. When you first created your story, people were thinking, sorry, how are you going to make money from this? What, we don't understand this idea. Talk to us more. So Shada, can you just start off with a bit of your background and how you came up with the idea and how have created your story? Sure, Eugenia. You know, I started your story in 2008 and uh, here in India in 2008, the word startups, and I think it's true for many parts of the world, startups were not a phenomenon, not a word in the common lexicon. And I was in media before this and somewhere I was just meeting very interesting young people who wanted to tell their stories and who wanted to showcase what they're doing, but as startups and as entrepreneurs, they didn't have the money to market themselves, to position and promote themselves. And somewhere I just thought that why not tell stories of these people who right now the world is not finding exciting. And the second is having worked in media, I was very clear that it's very easy to sell negative, titillating and investigative, all those kind of stories. But how do you make positive stories meaningful? Because positive mm -hmm. While we all talk about it and we are all okay about it, but positive is boring. Positive is not cool. Positive reminds us of moral science classes in school and all those things. So somewhere, how do you do? So two, one, tell stories of these young people across different parts of the country who are trying to do something, who are trying to change things. And second is, how do you create a habit for people to appreciate, to read, to get inspired by positivity and make it cool and make mm -hmm. it mass. So these were the two things. And of course, I didn't realize as most entrepreneurs would, is that it's good to have ideas and it is difficult when you hit the road. And it was tough for me, but people didn't understand. In fact, many people used to ask me, 
Bro, your story, what do you do? Is this your hobby or a part-time job? How can a startup be about telling stories? And I remember a lot of men at one point in one party had joked about it saying, oh, but your story, what do you do during daytime? It must be a night job, right? As our grandparents used to tell stories and all that. But anyways, all these things you have to go through. The thing is, what I have realized is that one of the most underrated skill is the endurance of doing something consistent. And what I did was since 2 to September 16th, 2008, the site went live. And every day, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, night and day, consistently telling stories of people with positivity, not getting distracted when people said, oh, this is boring, oh, this is PR, oh, this is not cool, oh, this is not investigative enough. And, and doing that consistently, now this is going to be 14 and then we reach millions of people. I would say there's no rocket science. The rocket science, if I had to say, would be consistency in the definition of what you're going for, what's your goalpost, what you're doing, and always reminding yourself and doing that every day. And somewhere it began with 10 people, 50 people, 100 people. Today we have more than 10 million people and we have 4 million subscribers. It's, and I, sometimes I also get very surprised. But the only thing is that when I look back and I just say that that madness of consistency, the endurance that gets built in the process, that they will be suffering, there will be challenges, but you have to endure. You have to yeah. endure. So yeah, those are some of the things that, yeah. I, I absolutely just love that people were like, this isn't going to work. This is a hobby. And now fast forward, 10 million people are loving your work. I think that is enormous. And it just really shows that when you can see a vision or a future that other people can't, you really have to back yourself. It would have been so easy for you to be swayed by some of their opinions and say, oh, okay, actually, yeah, no, I should go do something more traditional or something more proven. But it really is being able to be that sort of, to be your own supporter and push through it and really believe in yourself. So it's just incredibly inspiring. Moved onto this topic now of accelerating. So across those years from 2008 to now, you have been, you've moved from being the person doing everything, writing the stories, finding the stories, putting them out there, setting up email newsletters, promoting the site, like trying to get everyone to be involved, to now leading a team of, I think it was a few hundred people you've got in the ranks. How did you make that transition? And when did you, when was that point in time when you said, actually, I can't do this all on my own. I need others around me to, to take this on for me. Can you take me through to that moment when you had to make that call and how did you then begin that transition? Eugenia, it's a very beautiful and deep question that you're asking. And just to answer uh, this, it's a Monday morning here in India and I'm sitting in Kashmir. So I can, I'm a living testimony to say that you make the transition. You've made the transition happen. Otherwise, I remember even two years back, I would be, Monday would be like early morning, running through meetings and doing things. I think one, I'll, I'll say two things. One is that it's a, also an inner journey you have to make because if the dream is large and the purpose is large and you're clear about your purpose, that you want to impact and inspire as many young people and to go after and do what you want to do and touch as many people, then that's the drive, that's your dream, that's your 
purpose that you is the joy they know that you do every come true you need allies you need supporters you need people mm-hmm. who believe in that madness with you because you wouldn't be able to do it yeah and then i realized as entrepreneurs we want to when we start we have limited resources we don't have that kind of money so we want to do everything juggle and do everything so i had to fall on my face make many mistakes to realize just simple things i'll give you a very simple example like you know you're writing the story very passionately and suddenly someone on the internet says hey there's so many grammatical errors then you realize oh my god i need an editor i need someone to make the stories better uh, yeah. uh then the whole thing is that oh i should tell stories in local languages why don't why are you not coming to me in my language then you say oh but i don't have that skill so i need someone in that third is that because so many people are coming you have so much of data that you are getting so much of that you are sensing and following then you need a product and data analytics team to make sense of that because you don't have that and you want to you are anchored on making your mission possible and then you keep on hiring fourth is that you have to run the site in the most optimized manner you can't have any downtime because earlier the site used to get down and people used to say oh what is this your story you get, keeps on shutting down then you say okay let me invest in and let me invest in a tech which gives you stories give it gets the story in real time so you invest in a smart tech team so this basically what i'm trying to say is to when you anchor on your vision on your mission on your purpose and then you, know, you start stitching things around to make that happen then you realize that okay you just can't do it you need very smart people around you to make that happen and that's what i did and the second thing is also very inner i would say it's a spiritual or journey that we need to make i have made it is very hard to let go it's very hard for me it has been very you know it's your baby you live create you uh, so invested in it is to consciously say that i need to every day be very conscious be very aware in my choices in my decisions in my patterns to mm. let go and to make leaders and to be surrounded by leaders by people by individuals who inspire and somewhere i invested very early on i started because i was a single founder and invested in people and today the most rewarding thing for me we are 200 people i think today your story is able to do what it is able to do because i am so proud to people say this i'm genuinely very proud that i have some of the very smart people in my team because they are aligned it's not that they are aligned to anything else they're all in, aligned to the purpose that we're going after that you said a couple of things that i have now heard repeatedly from all of the women in the HSBC overall program all the masterclass hosts in all the markets they have all said the same thing which is you need to hire people smarter than you you need to hire people who are better at doing things than you are because your job isn't to do their job your job is to be the leader is to have the vision is to see what other people can't see i just think that is just so interesting because having that perspective sitting here in the corporate world isn't one you hear very often So I I think it's really remarkable to hear it coming from people who are in the trenches running these businesses. The second thing that I think is quite interesting is about how you get all those people following that same vision. So if you've made that sort of move and you've been able to to make that mindset that personal shift inside of you where you're comfortable releasing a little bit of the control and putting trust in people and i think putting trust in people is obviously a, it's a very personal thing to do 
but how do you now get you see you're starting to build a team you're starting to maybe now have what 10 20 people around you and then before long you get to 200 how do you get them to be aligned to your vision to get them to be able to do their job to be the experts what they do but do it in a way that leads their part of the business to your vision this there's no and i would love to hear if someone had found a very straight path to it because as you scale as you grow and the business demands that you scale and grow and get people it's difficult and last two years it has especially been also difficult because you've onboarded so many people in pandemic in different parts of the country in different locations how do you get them to align in the most passionate way every day and be motivated it's tough uh, but some of the things that I have anchored on and then as your story we have anchored on I would say is always and it sounds again very boring but some I really believe in the mundane thing that works in the most fantastic way is that how do you reiterate every day every single day in some shape or form the purpose right like for us one of the very very simple example I'm giving is someone someone's story you did that guy or girl writes to you and says that listen I, as soon as the story came out I got funded this investor reached out and I got funded and thank you you made a difference so someone says that like I told this story and suddenly my family and friends are convinced and they feel very proud every day we get so many validations in real time and that we have a culture of celebrating because it's not about you and I think it's very easy to align people to align everyone when you know that there's no cost as a business there is an agenda that you want to be sustainable profitable but people generally easily align when you know what you're doing really makes a difference it's not some theory the purpose really makes a difference and you see it real time every day then it's far easier to align and in our luckily for my business for what we do it's very visible it's very manifest it's manifested every day and that's why young people who come they feel oh what we do matter even if it is data crunching job and maybe i'm just tracking how many women got funded this year and it is it might not be as exciting as telling a story but it definitely matters because when you're telling these stories going out, it's making a difference. And yeah, and that makes it easier to align. And of course, there has to be process. It has to be institutionalized in some way where the OKRs, you know, when it breaks down to your OKRs or your KPIs that what you do, while it has tangible outcomes and numbers, but at the end of the day, it again aligns to the larger purpose. And it's very important as leaders. And for me, it was a learning to make sure that even the watchman who is in your office every day and I know it sounds very big but that person also has to know that what do these people 200 people who walk in what do they do every day and yeah. why do I why am I like working here why am I serving someone I'm serving tea over here and everyone has to have that excitement because that energy I believe there are three things which are very important the energy environment and you get into your best element so Creating that also helps. And I've seen that it really energizes the people who walk the extra mile. This is, I can't agree more with you. I just think that purpose, reminding yourself, what are you there for? It's not about the profits because very, unless you've got a hand in the profits, you're not exactly going to be motivated, but knowing that the work that you've done has made a difference to somebody, that is where your commitment comes from to, to do to your role. 
when we first had our first call, we had a catch-up call, as we do with all the masterclass hosts, just to get to know them and find out a bit more about their story. You said something that I felt was really powerful in that you have a philosophy or a mandate in your company where you want to make sure that everyone has a voice, that every person sitting around that table or involved in any form of the discussion has an equal voice and an equal share. Can you tell us more about that? I think we talked through from interns right through to directors and how you make sure that's a, an open space. Yeah. Eugenia, I'm a, I had an upbringing where voices were shut down, especially if you were a girl or a woman, your voice was not, you were not given a seat on the table, even mm. at your home. And somewhere the experiences either can make you very empowered or it can embitter you. I chose to be empowered. And what does it mean when you choose to be empowered is that you don't do what you have experienced. And some of us repeat the pattern and we get badly when our voices are not heard, then somewhere subconsciously uh, we cut voices in our life because of the pain that we carry. Somewhere I had to work on that. And then for me, it was very clear from day one, it, be it personal or professional, every voice matters. If I, in fact, if you see on my Twitter, I say every story matters and let's hear it. Uh, is to make sure that you create that culture. And how do you do that? You do that by walking the talk every day that someone will come and disagree with you. Now, for me, if I disagree with you, do you get in the corner? Do I shut you? Or I encourage you or, and I reward you for opening up and speaking. And then in my company, I would say the interns, the young people who come, they have questions. They have made so many changes because there is this comfort, there is this safe space that, okay, you know, here we are all in it together. And it takes time because people pick up by not what you say, but how you conduct yourself every day. I can also bullshit here and say whatever. But at the same time today, I can say this because I'm hoping that everyone in my team who's listening to this would agree that it requires every moment how you're conducting in the meeting room, in the board meeting, in your town halls, when you are walking down the corridor or when you're doing a Zoom call. How do you conduct yourself where everyone feels that this is an equal and safe space? And then people are very smart. And today, youngsters are very smart. They pick up and they surprise you. They challenge you. They question you. And actually, they make you better. Right? If you have different voices on the table, the best thing is, the most selfish thing is that you become better because you're listening to so many different voices and you're listening to all the amazing ideas and challenges and questioning. And you think at the end of the day, I'm phenomenally getting better because I'm listening to everyone. I love that. I love that because you're so right. You're selfishly, not very selfish at all though, because better you are, the better your business becomes and better their careers are. So I think it has a really long-term benefit to creating that right space. I sort of want to now come back a little bit more to, to your role in shaping your story and how you grew it all. When you began to where you are now, has your vision changed at all? Or has it just been the way you do your business has changed, but your purpose has remained the same? Again, a very interesting question. I always think about it. Somewhere when I started in 2008, I was 28 years of age. I think all of us as human beings uh, and organizations are just, I always believe any organization is manifestation of us living, breathing human beings. We, or if we are not constantly evolving, then the organizations don't evolve. And somewhere I just think that when I started in 2008, the challenge was very different. 
there were no stories of startups being told. The word startup, as I said, was not there in the lexicon. There was no conversation around it. There was nothing about like positive blah. The stock markets were high. If you remember, the crash happened. Yeah. Lehman Brothers had. And then from there on, when I'm sitting here in 22, while the purpose remains the same is to give voice to the voiceless, to the people who are not cool, be positive. Today, the manifestation of it becomes larger becomes different mm -hmm. it evolves right right now i'm just to give you a gina and here in kashmir this is the, a part of india which has become a union territory there's a constitutional change that has happened and i'm meeting interesting people today I'm meeting some of the startups over here who are trying to do something different and then to me this part reminds me of it's not bangalore it's very different how do you tell yeah. stories from here how do you now give raise the voice here because Somewhere I just think that maybe I am in a all said and done in a very boring and normal business of telling stories, but I'm also in a very powerful till the humanity lives, there will be there will be some sort of inequality and you will have to keep on telling stories. So that challenge remains. You find newer avenues. In fact, one of the things which was not there in 2008, but it is there today, is I'm looking at launching something in tech policies because the tech the, the tech is evolving in the world. What is happening? What is the implication on different countries? We've launched a subscription product, going deeper in languages. Yeah, so things evolve, but the purpose remains the same. And then I, I think that's really great. And that's really similar to what we're hearing from some of the other founders on the HSBC World Program as well, is that what the reason they started it, that purpose, that vision they saw still drives them today. That's why they're so committed to it. The landscape has changed so much the way they carry out their business or making their vision even bigger than perhaps they thought it could be when they first sat down with a piece of paper and wrote out what they wanted to do. So I think that's, I think that's a real testament to, to longevity as well. I want to now touch on a little bit more about you as a leader and sort of that personal journey that you have gone on. When we were catching up in our sort of first introduction you talked a lot about the fact that, and I don't want to stereotype too much, but we do see this and we do know instinctively as women that we often are very good at making sure everyone else is taken care of. We're often very good at committing and giving everything to everybody else, but we aren't perhaps the best at making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And sometimes that can lead just to, to not really being able to be, to giving the best of ourselves to the world. And I'd love to hear a bit more from you about your view and some of your experiences from this. And, and I think it's probably an important topic because being able to create boundaries and still have that confidence in yourself and still help others and still give to others. It's a really fine balance, isn't it? Yeah. A question that I think about a lot, you know, somewhere I have few fundamental beliefs, which have got strong as I've experienced life. One, and I would love to take this forum to say to everyone, is that and as a woman, as an individual, as a person, whatever pain, suffering that one goes through, and you will, everyone will, everyone in different ways does, because nobody, none of us will be exempted, I feel, from it, is the most powerful thing that can happen mm -hmm. to you. Because I really believe pain is powerful. And, and I always believe that anything can either make you embittered and sad and depressed and a victim or anything can really transform. And I really believe pain transforms. It's more empathy. So every mm -hmm. table that you've not been given a seat on, every 
time that you've been told you're not cool enough, every time that you've been treated as disposable or dispensable, every time you've faced that look that you're not significant or important enough, every time your lack has been thrown at you, oh, you're not good at reading the balance sheet, every time there is something that comes at you, how do you process that and how do you take that to transform yourself and I have used everything because my life has been very painful and I've suffered there have been a lot of issues since growing up years but I've used everything to not I always say this I'm not the victim of my story I'm the heroine of my story for my story I can be the heroine and what does it mean that when you do this I think one amazing outstanding thing that happens is you develop superpower of empathy you develop superpower of compassion. And then you have a sixth sense when you see that things are not going right. You see when, you know, someone is being treated differently. And I think that when you bring as a leader, that when you bring to your workplace, to wherever you are, just see the sheer magic that you create, not for yourself, but for people around you. Because you know that I think nobody can have empathy and compassion and love in its truest form until and unless you have suffered and experienced pain. And then you have so much of work that you do that you're able mm. to give it. You're able to feel it and you are able to genuinely be there for everyone. And today I would say the best form of leadership is an equal, compassionate and empathetic leadership. And that leadership where you are not, the ego is definitely there because as an entrepreneur, the I is there. And that's why you start up because you want your I to matter. You want to do well. You want to raise money. You want to get massive impact. But that I can actually accept the other I very well because you've gone through those experiences. You are self-aware and you have a lot of empathy that has come because of the experiences. I just think that that is something I would say to everyone who's listening, who would be watching this, is that anything at this moment that niggles you, which you think is troubling or paining or not right, use that because that's the power sent to you and that will make you a tremendous leader. Where does the leadership come from? Leadership comes from within. Leadership comes from being open, being having that empathetic mindset to pick up things, having that humility. Where does all these things come from? These things come from the lack the misses. Eh? Just think about it, what I'm saying. It won't come. We talk about all the amazing, empathetic, compassionate leaders across the world and look at their life stories, look at their journeys. And you will see, uh, sometimes I feel, I always believe that the cup, when the cup is empty, then it's very amazing to fill it with amazing stuff. But having that emptiness within you also comes because you've been through all and, and especially for women like still it is an unequal playground it is yeah. we will be bullshitting if we say oh it's a fair play then uh, I think then we all should go to heaven it is an unequal playground now how are you going to use that empathetically to create an equal playground for all the women for all the other women and how and all these things manifest in the leader will be I think it's just so powerful because from what I'm hearing now it feels like all the blocks are fitting into place of how you're being able to go from number one, this purpose of wanting to give a voice and tell these positive stories and help these companies who didn't have the funds to promote themselves. Number one, 
So you, you've got that driving purpose of giving people a voice and wanting people to have a say to creating a workplace where everyone feels that they've got the right to, to challenge, to share ideas, everyone from the intern to the director, they've got an equal seat and an equal voice. It makes more sense now when we're thinking about accelerating and how you've gone from being the founder doing everything to the CEO, because you're being able to really lead people in a very compassionate and human way where you're able to hire the smartest people in the room and say to them, go do these things that I can't do and let's work towards this vision because it, it all feels now as puzzle pieces have all fit together of why you've been able to make this such a success because it is such difficult journey a personal journey to go through from founder to CEO. So Shraddha, I just want to thank you so much. We've got a couple of questions left that I want to go to you and then we're going to go and say goodbye and thank you so much to the general public who have joined us today and we're going to close off and go to the HSBC Raw VIP session for the women on our program. But Shraddha, just two more questions before I close off. Number one is a question from Rachel Lim, the co-founder of Love Benito. So on our previous masterclass, she asked a question to you, which is, what would you do if you had no fear? <laughs> so one thing, Eugenia, I'm doing actually, so I can go on record to say this, is which I haven't done for many years. I meditate every day, twice a day, but I'm going for a retreat, which is a very tough retreat, 10 days of silence in a place where you're locked in. And you don't have to speak. You don't have to talk to anyone. You're completely isolated for 10 days without any phone devices or anything. And you just have to live with your... So, yeah, I think the last 10 years I have in some form or shape of avoided because 10 days is a very long time. But I'm doing that. So, yeah, meeting my fear there on, head on. Uh, sorry, I'm saying there on, head on and doing this all this. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. The Vipassana. I'm the Vipassana program. Considering your whole company, your whole purpose is about giving a voice to people and you're going to try and stop talking for 10 days. I think <laughs> Brilliant. So final question from me, and this is the question we ask all of our hosts on every single session that we've held across the program, which is, what do you know now that you wish you knew then? I wish I knew that in its own weird, funny way, life is very kind and everything falls in place. And last but not the least, your biggest companion will not be your partner, will not be your sibling or whatever or kids or your biggest companion is going to be your breath. I wish I knew it earlier. At any given moment, breath is the end and it will keep you steady, it will keep you strong, it will keep you productive and it will keep you moving forward. Just believe on breath, it will never desert you in your life journey. That's brilliant. Thank you so much.